This is the greatest hour to follow Jesus. Sons and daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. And also on my men servants and my maid servants, I'll pour out my spirit in those days. The spirit of God is being poured out over the earth. He's being poured out over your world. Who wants the spirit of God? What I find I have to do sometimes is I just have to do this. It's like it's like I have to like if my heart were little it was a pathway with little walls and I kind of have to just open my those walls and these little walls here, little things I'm thinking about. I just have to let them go and and just turn that area and I just say, Holy Spirit, take me. And the Lord right now I just see him just He's coming in and he's just pushing little walls like that. Just pushing them away. And you can just let him in. Because he's pouring his spirit over you. But this word, dignity and respectability and, and actually also distraction. These little tiny walls that just come up and they make things harder for you and the Lord. But God's not thinking, I want to make it harder. God prophesies it over your spirit, over your life that I'll pour out my spirit on all of your flesh. Not part of your life. All of your flesh. Who wants more of the Holy Spirit? Okay, so just do whatever he says. Do whatever he says right now. Do whatever he says. Do whatever he says right now. Yield your heart to him. Let go of anything in the way. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Let go of anything in the way. Thank you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Let go of anything in the way. Just to receive him. For out of the throne is a river like crystal. It's like crystal. It's proceeding from the throne of grace. (laughs) Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Father. There's no wall that's worth it. There's no wall that's worth it. There's no wall that's worth it. There's no fight in you that's worth resisting. Come on, it's like crystal. It's pure like crystal. Let it go into you. Let it crash into you. your spirit there's no little wall you've got that's worth worth compromising this let it hit your spirit (laughs) thank you God you made every person 
everyone. Thank you, God. The Lord says you are fighting too hard to make yourself. I have made you. You are trying too hard to make yourself. I establish you. I formed you. You don't form you. (laughs) Why would I make a river like crystal if I didn't want it to flow into you? I don't want you to look at that river. It's called a river of life. There's no life in looking. There's only life in drinking. Some of you are about to weep your guts out. You're just going to cry like crazy. (laughs) Because all your tears have been wrapped around this resistance. All your tears have been wrapped around statements like, I'm not worth this. (laughs) Or I need to be concerned about how I am. You're not the protector of your life. God is. Father, let that river right now cut through everything. Let it just cut through everything. Some of you are wound up tighter than a pretzel. God is just about to destroy it. He's just just unraveling your, your, your life that you've built around making sure He's not going to punish you. Some of you are trying harder to keep God than you are to actually love God. God loves you first. We love Him because He first loved us. What are, you, what, what are you fighting for? You're fighting to convince Him. God's convinced not just because we say yes to Him. He's not convinced by that. What does the Lord look upon? Broken spirit, contrite heart. The Lord promised to never despise that, ever. There's never going to be a despising of God. When you come to Him and say, God, here's my heart, you can have it. That's what He wants. That's what He died to have. right. You don't need that anymore. You don't need that wall. You let it go. You don't need that anymore. It's too difficult. God, I thank you for your mercy. 
know why the Lord pours that oil? You know why he pours that oil? Because you need it. It's because you need it. I'm serious. That's why he doesn't. It's because you need it. You need gladness. You need it. You can't exist without it. You, you can't exist without being glad about God being in your heart. You can't. You just can't. I tell you, I need it, man. I need it in ministry. Ministry, sometimes it can be about devoting yourself to God. And that's very, very good. Fasting and prayer, constant disciplines to, to know more of the Lord are very important to God. They are actually really important. Our generation is swinging between two ditches. Of all, It's all God reconciled us and it's all that stuff. And they're swinging to the other side also. Where it's, I, I just... I have to discipline myself. I have to try so hard. Sometimes I find that in our search to be pure, we actually lose purity because what we begin to do is we, we actually lose love. We try and just be pure all the time. You know, if you did that with your wife, you just try to, do I, do I purely love you today, wife? If you did that all the time, you wouldn't be able to look in her eyes properly. Now, I'm not saying he's just to be lightly esteemed, not at all really serious thing to come before the Lord but he's so in love with you that's why he touched John's head and he said stand up John because John saw him and fell face dead and he said stand up he touched him and he's like look at me you know look look at me John he's the same John that laid in the breast of Jesus the same John fell dead at his feet because he saw his glory but Jesus even though John's reactions were both different Jesus reaction was the same John laid on his chest the first time. He didn't despise him. When John fell at his feet, he lifted him back up and didn't despise him. You're not, your life is not, I'm going to seek to be pure. Your life is, I'm going to have God. I'm going to seek God. I'm going to love God. Because if you, it can just be too hard the other way. And you need oil. a tendency to want to produce that and, and you, you, we do praise ourselves into freedom we do praise ourselves into joy we do give thanks in all things that's just natural when you know who God really is you just thank him anyway but to constantly try and refine something that God only the Lord can purify takes your eyes off loving God into you making sure you're okay. And in that place, people build up walls of condemnation and walls of shame. And they don't think they're doing enough for God. God doesn't want enough. God wants you. feel like 
and I think this is happening in the family of God, that the cry is much deeper than how do we walk, it's, it's who we walk with, is much deeper than how, it's much more about Him. And, uh, and that's so freeing, hey, it's so innocent and uh, much more freeing because you're not living by a checklist, but some of you tonight are living by a checklist and you just need to let go of those walls because they won't help you, they won't produce love toward the Lord and, uh, <laughs> because there's a river of crystal, <laughs> there's, there's oil. you hear what I preached to you in five minutes. It's going to be the polar opposite of what I'm saying right now. It's going to be the complete opposite. <laughs> it's going to be so full on. It's going to be very full on. It's going to be like Todd the other day. So, but not about sin. Um, about God. But, <laughs> but you need oil. <laughs> so I'm just going to pray one more time. God, I thank you for this river of crystal that's flowing right now. <laughs> thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I just pray. I just, God, I ask you to dare your people to just be not so respectable today. So, God, I just pray, I just pray some of them who really need to bowl their eyes out just would, you know, and uh, they wouldn't be silent and be, you know, making sure they protect themselves. What are you protecting? <laughs> I'm just protecting my pain. <laughs> Bro, I don't know what's going on. I, I, I don't know what's going on. I'm sorry. I just feel this. I, I could just see that Revelation 22, this river of crystal, it's crystal clear. It's coming from the throne of grace. It's crystal clear. And it all points back to life. Oh, man, I can just hear a sentence from the Lord. Weary warrior, come back home. Weary warrior, come back home. Weary warrior, come back to the loving arms of your father. Stony heart is too heavy for you. A stony heart is too heavy. Come back home. <laughs> stony heart is too heavy. Those little walls are too heavy for you. Come back home.
you happy about being a Christian? Joyful? I think God is fighting, fighting on the foreground of joy. What I mean by that is I think the Lord is very upset at what is making you upset. I don't know why I'm saying these things. I don't I didn't meditate on any of this. But the Lord is very aggressively angry about what is making life heavy for you. And sometimes what is making like life heavy is your own pursuit to be acceptable. Why don't you just let go of that and love God? Let him love you, hey? Just let go of that and love God. Let him love you. You will be acceptable then. Because what does the Lord accept? Love me with all your heart. That's what he wants. It's exactly what he wants. But the enemy is a master man at, at tricking people. He deceived me for years of my Christian walk. He made everything difficult with the Lord and everything disqualified with me. I remembered everything I did wrong in a day, everything I said wrong in a sermon. My life was ticking the boxes between good and right with God. I can pr- I promise you that is total bondage. It's not the will of the Father. You lose who you are. You lose your innocence and you lose the, the, just the simple enjoyment of being who God made you because you're constantly trying to be noticed by people and make sure that things are right with people and it becomes about who's who in the kingdom zoo and all that stuff. And that is not the will of the Father. The will of the Father is that in every person, praise and, and adoration would come out of the mouth of every individual, every tongue he made individually to the Lord. But that, that that tongue and that expression, that intimacy between God and man with each man would show the world what it's really like to know God, that, that it would show his love to the world, that it would show that God loves a person, that God wants to restore a person, that God wants to make an individual, that he loves each person individually, you know, if two of you are identical on the earth trying to be like each other, one of you is unnecessary here. You may as well go home. God made you to be you and he made you to actually experience him as you, you know, like you can't try and be a different person. You just have to die to the old person and let him make you. God's your potter, not your own hands. Okay, but Ben says, cleanse your own hearts and purify yourself unto the Lord. Yeah, there's decisions of purity. There's decisions of yes, God. But the decisions you make come from a place of loving him. They don't come from a place of trying constantly to be reapproved by God. And I sense that for some reason tonight, that this river of crystals hitting some of you that have just been trying really hard. And, and sometimes you're trying just hard to seek God, but you've lost joy. If you've lost joy in the midst of seeking God, you've lost God. It doesn't make sense. Why would God say, seek me and I'll destroy your soul? Why would God do that? Why would say, uh, now there's pain sometimes in human physical discipline. I want you to get up early at 6 a.m. or 5 a.m. and just adore me. And, but when you leave that place, man, I've never gotten up from that place and gone back to bed at 6 after being from, with the Lord from 5 till 6. I've never gone back weary or grieved. I've gone back full of the oil of joy. And, and I've had the wildest dreams an hour later. <laughs> you know, God doesn't... Uh,
don't live by feelings, but we live by faith. Yeah, you're right. We do. Which means the feeling doesn't get me out of the bed in the morning. The deep resonant yes in my heart with God and the, and the truth of who he is inside my heart gets me out of bed. But <laughs> why would Jesus say, why would he talk about joy? Why would God even speak about gladness? And why would he talk like that if God didn't want you to have it? Why would he say peace that surpasses understanding if you were going to have torment for the rest of your life? Why would he talk like that? What, what sick thing would it be to do something like that? Speak about under, just surpassing peace, of knowing that you're, you're right with your father and that your heart's being washed daily and purified before him and, and that he'll tell you to step out and, and his grace goes with you. Why would he ever give you anything less if that's what he said that he's, his righteousness produces? A relationship with him produces. Why would he lie to us? He wouldn't lie to us. God wouldn't lie to you. Our experience tells us though otherwise. It tells us that peace is difficult. Peace is difficult to find. Well, it's only difficult if your eyes are on you. It's difficult if you're trying to be to make sure you're pursuing peace. so difficult to explain this but for for years of my Christian walk I went in absolute circles like God was right there and and I was still looking at myself making sure I could see God I could have just looked at God I could have just gone God I I am in need I'm a mess in this but you're bigger than my mess I could have looked unto the Lord but I was constantly trying to fix myself do you remember the woman at the well when Jesus approached her do you know what he said to her? She, she said, I've had all these husbands. You know, he called her out on it. And she goes, yeah, you're a prophet. You know what he said to her? He said, the guy you're with is not your husband. Do you remember that? He, he told her the truth. Like, you, the guy you're with is not, he's not the, the guy. He, she, he basically said, the person you're with, it's another sin. Like, it's, you're in a dark place. But what did he say to her? He said, go and get your husband. Why would he do that? Go and get the thing that's put you in sin. Go and get your thing that you've trusted in, relationship to relationship to relationship. Go and get your junk and bring it too. <laughs> and so, like, he didn't ask her to change. He just, she just, she just said, "Well, you've trusted in that. Just bring that too." We know what happened to her life. She was a different woman. Thank you, Lord. I'm probably talking too much, God. Just let that crystal river keep running. (laughs) Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Dad. You're amazing, God. Praise you. Praise you, my Father. Thank you, Father. Do you know when you get confused about your identity, it doesn't mean you're cut off from God. You didn't... That, that went to one person, the wow girl. I'll say that again because that was really for you, for a lot more of you. You ready? You can all wow if you like. <laughs> if you have a day where you're like, wow, Father, I feel I know you in this place, it's easier because there's a presence of the Lord that corporately goes up and the revelation of God becomes very clear when it's like the air's cleared, you know. But if you have a day where you don't know who you are in the Lord and you struggle again, do you know that means he hasn't cut you off? What father, when a kid goes, Dad, I'm not sure what I want to do. I want to go to college or I want to do this. I'm not sure. Dad, I had these kids tease me today at school. What father goes, you should know who you are. You shouldn't even be telling me about kids teasing you. And a father does that. 
just because the enemy accused you on one day and you felt like you didn't know who you are, doesn't mean you lost him. Doesn't mean he lost you. Doesn't mean you left him. It's like Christianity is too hard when it's up to you. It's too difficult. <laughs> it's too difficult. <laughs> it's, it's just not. It's not easy that way. It's easy though. Easier. When you go, God, thank you that, that you love me. And uh, yesterday, I really felt super confident with you. But today, I just don't. But God, I thank you. You're the truth. Help me to remain there. And he, he doesn't go, well, until you really understand, I can really never be close. That's not what he's after. He's, it's all back to the heart. It's all back to this thing. <laughs> Christianity is a heart affair with you and the Lord. It's, it's not... It's not how much you can sound like a Christian. It's not how long you can pray like a Christian. A Christian is somebody who begins to open their heart to the Lord and the Lord begins to fill it as his tabernacle. And that heart then begins to adore him above all things. It begins to seek him above everything that's ever had in its life. It begins to have him as the source above every source of human opinion or or the feeding or the click like on Facebook, whatever it was that fed you before. It begins to exalt that that who he is and, and begins to love him more than it's ever loved anything on this earth. And in that journey, there'll be days where you hit road bumps, you, you hit lies, the enemy will fire darts at you. But it doesn't mean you've been cut off from God. And it doesn't mean you're failing either. It doesn't mean you failed because you thought a wrong thought. What it means is you just, you're coming into more. And it doesn't mean this, you don't have a full understanding. It doesn't mean, it doesn't, all the statements we make sometimes, they're always like you don't have, you need more. You, they're very, very disqualifying at times. Jesus didn't, he didn't tell you how to be qualified. He qualifies us. He asks you to stay with him. Just stay with him. Walk with me. The disciples made many mistakes. They made many presumptions that were wrong. But the Lord didn't leave them. And he hasn't left you. I don't even know what this is. Completely not what I was thinking at all. I don't even not have any clue why I'm even talking about this. But I think it's for somebody here. But I can still feel that river coming behind my head. So that's awesome. Crystal. It's clear. It's perfectly clear. There's no impurity in it. It's crystal clear. God sees right through you. And, he, and, he, and it wants to go all through you. But I just have a feeling some of us are trying too hard. And, um, and I would like to propose that, that it's not wrong that you're trying to shoot the target. It's just that the way you're looking at the target is wrong. It's just that God wants to change the sight and go, no, no, <clears throat> I want you to look at me and let me love you. Really, let me love you. Let me be close to you. Okay? he really likes you a lot and you're in his kingdom aren't you so thankful God chose you oh God actually chose you that's another whole subject (laughs) God chose you so my mind always flips to the other side when I hear things like this I was the first and fastest and hardest resistor of that kind of a message because I would want to go but you don't understand Ben you I would want to disqualify that because it because it I felt like it needed something for me to back it up. And, but the love of God, the love of God is only first understood when it's received. Do you know what I mean by that? It's only really understood in your heart when it's received. You can't know love unless you received it. Uh, we love, Michael and I and many people actually on this front row, we love Bill Johnson a lot. And, and I remember I worked at Bethel and, and he used to, one time he came and he, he just put his hand on my shoulder and he just goes, he goes, that was amazing what you said. 
well done. And he just rubbed my shoulder. And the, the, when he spoke, it was really beautiful how he spoke. But the fact that when he did this on my shoulder, this, it felt this, all this love in my heart. I was like, ah. Oh. And I was like, wow. And I, yeah, he doesn't know this, but I lost it. Like it really, really did something in me. And I was like, wow, it's, it's, it's very anointed shoulder rub. So, you know, I want one of them to have that kind of anointing. But uh, Bill, he just touched my shoulder. <laughs> so, and then I realized, I'm like, you know what I felt? I felt, wow, God really loves me. That's what I felt by him rubbing my shoulder. <laughs> and I was like, and, and then and, and in those moments, you're like, oh, God, I'm, so, I'm sorry. You love me so much. And then like oh, four days later, you're like, Dude, God, I pray that help me to help me to stay with you. And, you know, it's back in that stupid mindset. But... <laughs> but God this is really true God wants you to know that he loves you like and experience it it's not just meant to be like understood carnally in, in the mind it's meant to be experienced it's meant to be felt on your shoulder it's, it's meant to be oh God. it's just real it's, the love of God is real it's, 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 not, it's not a concept it's not it's real God loves you It's milk what I'm preaching, I know, but it's milk we need to constantly drink to have meat because meat can't be digested unless the stomach's ready. And the stomach is it's ready by the love of God. Sometimes the deepest thing you can do and the most important thing you can do to God, with God is just be with Him and behold Him. And actually... In the beholding of the Lord, it's unbelief at times in our heart that does not let Him love us back. And when we don't let Him love us back, it means He can't be God because God is love. So if He's love, and that's how He wants to manifest Himself, but I'm only letting him, a quarter of Him be manifest in here because I have some wall or some little narrow place He has to get into sometimes. and He only comes to me when I fast. And I love fasting. Oh, not this year, but I, I love it. I, last year I fasted heaps. <laughs> Last year, I was skinny as, man. I looked, I looked good. Fasting produces more than just spiritual fruit. I looked good. I was, I was good looking last year. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but, but honestly, I don't... <laughs> but, God. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. That's amazing. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> Oh, I'm, I'm glad that broke the devils of religion by me talking about how chubby I've become this year. Um, but but I'm, I'm serious. Our fasting's incredible. I experienced God so much, man. I had Jesus rock up in my bedroom at, on my 38th day of a fast. I'm not telling you that because it's special. Buddhists fast for sometimes 50 days. That's not special to God. The discipline is, though, the Lord does commend it. He does love discipline. He really does. God likes, really likes discipline. That's something I found out as well. But see, God walks in this, this road of, of the perfect narrow way where we're in the discipline ditch or the God loves everyone and everyone's universally reconciled ditch. It, it doesn't, they're both wrong. The, the way is that I'm with Jesus. That's the narrow, I'm with God. I'm looking at God. That's the, always the right way. And so he walks you through the, 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 he walks you through everything. You know, he holds your hand through life and he shepherds and potters you and fashions you and loves you. And sometimes to God, you can produce more in the Lord by sitting on, lying on your bed 
and literally just laughing and you and you're like and you go this is so stupid and you're just like <laughs> and you start laughing and then you're there for an hour and then you start crying because all the pain begins to come out of that that you tried that you wound yourself up in and then and then you start worshiping because the the, the goodness of God causes you to thank him and and then you start loving him more and then you wake up different sometimes that is more profitable to the lord but our our the way we're trained Now, let me hit something that's not in Michael. It's not in anyone here, but it's in the world of Christianity. There is something inside us that says, be the best Christian. What I mean by that is there is something inside. Like I used to, I used to, man, I used to pray prayers about the God. I'm going to, you know, uh, I I used to, why would I want to be, look at this beautiful man down here. Why why would I want to be better than, why would I think to myself, God, I'll be more faithful than, you know, like, wouldn't I want everyone to be faithful? Wouldn't I, God, thank you for the weaker brother. Lift him, Lord. Didn't Jesus say that? Give greater honor to the weaker part. You know, lift everybody up. Wouldn't love want to do that? If you're in a family, wouldn't you do that to your fallen brother? Or your, per, or your sister who doesn't see right? Or, or would you rather go in your room and go, thank you, God, that I fast twice a week? I've, I've seen this in Christianity where, where we want to be the best. It's good, but we're not running a race against one another. And we're certainly not running a race against like what the best form of a Christian is. We're running a race that pushes, that pushes back hell, first of all, against us, but it pushes back the old life. It, it runs from, from what was dead into what is life. And, and, and it runs in, the, in the, the love and disciplines of knowing him. And, and when you get closer to him, that run becomes a joy. It becomes more joyful. It becomes more happy and just it becomes easier. You go through difficult things, but it becomes different. You know, it's not the same as just discipline. It's not the same as just joy. It's, it's like you're running with purpose to know God, but you're not running against your brethren. You're running toward the prize of knowing him. And I think that because there's such a high standard of like, let's write the best CCLI song and let's, let's, you know, let's write, let's, let's write the best Christian. Do you know, do you think God in heaven is celebrating that, that us on the earth have made amazing books and amazing songs? That's not the goal of the the church on the earth. It's not the only goal. I mean, those are good things. Great songs are wonderful. I love them. I, I'm a worship leader myself. I'm not a singer, but I'm a songwriter. And that's why I'm telling you about Cecilai. I know about that stuff in my head sometimes. The Lord's like, you shouldn't even be thinking that way. That doesn't, doesn't matter to me. That's the goal of God wasn't like, I'm going to write a book. I'm going to get a ministry website. I see sometimes posts on Facebook like, We're, we've got huge news for you. We're making a website. Wow, the world's going to be changed now, one click at a time. We got big news, guys. We're announcing to you we're starting a ministry. You already had a ministry, and, and they're like, "It's massive. This website, it's made by Wix or whatever, you know." That, that, and or, or guys, I really feel the Lord has spoken to me, and I'm writing a book. And once you've got a book and an album, then you've become a movement. That's a joke. (laughs) Those things come out of knowing God. But they don't come out of a performance of I'm running the race of being the first Christian to the hill. It doesn't come from that place. It comes from you adoring the Lord 
And out of his, out of those, that crystal living waters and that spring, he said, Jesus said that'd be in you. Out of your belly would flow rivers of living water. Things like that'll come out of you and you'll be shocked. You're like, God, I can't believe that you would use this little book and it's gone to a million people and it's turned them further to you. It's not about just having that, that stuff. It's about having God. And I'm learning this the hard way with the Lord. God's like, Ben, just because the stadium's full, it doesn't mean my heart was full by it. I was on the, on the platform in front of 20,000 people three weeks ago, and I was looking out at the crowd. I'm like, this is incredible. And God loves my joy. I could feel that. My, I could honestly feel the Father being like, look at my son. Like he's joyful about souls. God likes that. And, and he likes your joy. Um, but, but after a few days, I kept looking at the crowd and I was just kind of getting pumped and I just kind of was on fire. And then the Lord spoke really clear to me and he said, Ben, he goes, when you're looking at 20,000 people, he said, make sure you don't forget to look at me. And, and I realized, I'm like, there's a big crowd here, but, I, but my eyes are never supposed to go off you, ever. They don't have to. Christianity is not about what's biggest. It's about what's truest. It's about what's real. It's about what's, you know, God is making, it's a reformation in his family about it's all going back to what is actually genuine, what is actually alive and real and, and tangible and you can touch and you can feel in someone. Some of the greatest believers I know, you, we've never met them. I know a man that you, you've never, ever, ever met a man like this and neither, until I met him, I didn't know either, but I've never seen a person like this with a Barnabas spirit like this man. I've never, ever met. I would ring him up when I was a young Christian. I looked at pornography and all he would do was encourage me. Yeah, but you're ringing me, mate, which means you must want more of God. I'm like, but I feel disgusting and, I, and I've sinned against God. And he goes, you have, my friend, but you rang me, didn't you? And I'm like, yeah, I did, but I'm, like, I'm not right with God. And he goes, but God loves you. Everything for years and years and years, he would just encourage you. His name's Frank Clancy. I brought him on the stage in Awakening Australia. I stood in front of all those people and said, because of this man's encouragement, I'm here. The guy's raised five people, four people from the dead. No one knows about him. He's seen more miracles than any of us in this room. He's literally seen a brain half open in the Western world, like America, like in the, in, it was in Australia, but Western country. Brain half open on the ground. Hospital uh, ambulance there. They come, they pick the guy up, put him in the medivac van. And he, and he says to the guy, excuse me, I must pray for that man with a big smile on his face. Always happy. Never, ever had a day where I've seen him not joyful. I was with him in hospital two weeks ago. All he was doing in the hospital was thanking God. And, and he's older now, worshiping the Lord and telling every single nurse, anyone that came close to his bed, how beautiful they are and how much God thinks of about them and how much he, he loves them. One of the nurses rocked up at church that like two, three days after he came out of the hospital. There's people in the, in the earth, they don't care about what we have built. They care about God. And that's what God is looking for now. And, and when, you do, when, you, when you go to that place, what you realize is this whole thing was more about knowing you than it was about being known by what I'm doing for you. Or, and, and in the midst of knowing you, I will do great exploits. You run really hard, but you won't run into the ground. And you won't run into your social media account when it's not going as high as it should. You won't run into how many likes did I get on that picture. You won't run into those circles. Your mind won't go there anymore. You'll be in a different place. You'll be in a place where that crystal river is allowed to hit your heart. And it's allowed to even hit your pain if you've got some. He was in front of the medivac van. He said, I need to pray for that that man right there and the guy said get away please sir and he said I'm a pastor he said get away and then he went to the wife excuse me she was screaming out loud screaming like literally screaming in the road the whole traffic stopped 
this is in a normal, like here, like a suburban Western country. I only say that because people often associate big miracles with someone who made it into, you know, on a, on a documentary. He doesn't even know how to work YouTube. Like he's 70, he's a war veteran. But the guy's raised up more people than I've ever met anyone who's raised up people. He's more about investing in other people than he's ever about being known. And he's not trying to do it. To do it. Have you ever met someone and they're not trying to do what they're doing, but they're actually just doing it? And then you're like, how are you doing that without trying to do that? And it, does that make sense? How are you actually a Christian? It's kind of almost like you say, like, don't you try and be encouraging? No. He's like, no, God loves you, mate. I'm like, how are you so full of God? Ah, oh, full of God though, mate. Like, but you're actually full of God. You're not choosing to be. Yeah, I actually am. That's possible. I know that sounds so stupidly simple, but it's possible to actually be full of God and praise Him because you love Him, not because you have to. It's possible to know what it means to be loved by God and actually be feeling like I'm loved by God, not because I, I believe I'm, I know I'm loved by God. Do you see the difference? Did you think Jesus came upon the earth and disciplined himself into a life of the Son of God? He didn't. He knew his dad. He knew his father. He always has known his father. He knew who he was. He knew his position with the father. He was tempted in all points, even as we are yet without sin. <laughs> I love that guy. He's like, oh, I love him. He's awesome. He's just helping me. He's like, oh, you're awesome, bro. Bless you, man. He just did it again. Oh. <laughs> I don't know who that guy is, but I like him. God's wrecking him. I'm sorry that this is not profound. I, I, I'm sorry that th- this is so, honestly, I'm, I just, am, <laughs> what kind of a life would it be if I had to live trying to be a Christian that God's commanded me to be, but by his blood, he made me one and I'm fashioning the hands, I'm the fashioning hands of my soul that he perfected by grace. Uh, it's not right because what happens is you, you, you kind of try and, and get close to the Lord. And then when you fail, you feel you've fallen a million miles off the edge of the cliff. But God doesn't, he doesn't leave you in your, in your, in your maturing. He doesn't leave you. He holds you like his kid. It's like, oh, you're still here. You're good. Does that make sense? Like you're still his son. And, uh, and you'll get to a stadium, you'll be in front of all this crowd and God will be celebrating with you. He's not, he's not angry at that. He's not like, oh, it's only real if it's small with home groups and stuff. No, he celebrates the big, the small, the little, the one, the 50, the thousand, the 5,000, the 50 million. He celebrates it all. But he's as much with you when you're in front of your home group and you adore the Lord and you really let go and, and you tell your home group, man, this week I've really been battered by lies and you're humble, your heart. I keep finding for me, the road of, of, of bigger things for me is, is lately in the last five years is every time I'm willing to humble myself. Every time I'm willing to say to people, you know what, I don't fully understand who I am. Can you pray for me more? I just want, I need more understanding. But if I put on something that makes sure people see how profound what I say is, that's rubbish. Do you know why it's rubbish? Because it's not real. It's still trying to be somewhere. It still has a veil. It still has a mask. It's rubbish. Real Christianity is exactly that. It's supposed to be real. We're supposed to be the most real religion there is. I've met people who are in the the Buddhist stuff and and, and because of their meditation practices, they have some kind of more pseudo peace than we do. That's not right. 
If he's called the Prince of Peace, it's not correct. It shouldn't be that way. It shouldn't be so difficult to have the fruit of the Spirit. Oh, it's really hard for me not to get angry. Well, then you don't, you're not doing it right. That doesn't make sense. It's really hard for me not to steal. Well, then you're not, you're not, it's, not it's not the correct understanding then. But Ben, I get really bitter thoughts. That's a fiery dart. Doesn't mean it's yours. Yeah, and everyone gets a fiery dart. Stuff goes over the windscreen all the time. Just wipe it with the truth. It's not, it's not, it's not yours. But listen, if you get fiery darts coming at your mind, it doesn't mean God has left you because you had a few bad thoughts. I just feel to tell you this. Lord is not leaving you in a hurry. You may be stepping away from Him because of your own disqualifications, but God is not leaving you in a hurry. And He's not leaving you when you're in a mess. And He's not leaving you when you have a weak conviction. God hates unbelief. He doesn't like it when we waver for 30 years and end up at an altar call for 30 years. I need to be saved again. He does not like that. I'm not saying that. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying where you're still going forward with Him, where you still love Him, but you feel like you fall a little bit and you go up a bit and you fall a bit and you go up a bit. God still holds you in His arm and He's in love with you. And He wants that crystal river to flow into you. Don't put up walls that God's not putting in your own heart. Even disciplinary walls that God's not placing. Keith Green learned a valuable lesson from this because Melody Green said he he decided, I'm going to wake up every morning at 6 a.m. I'm going to pray and worship the Lord. She said he got hardened himself after about three weeks of failing to do it because God didn't tell him, I want you up at 6 a.m. It was wonderful that his heart wanted to do that. But he was thinking, I I want to do, I've read these books about Ravenhill and all these people and Finian. And he was so passionate, man. I love that man's passion. He's like a hero of the faith to me. Actually, he was, I was born the week he died, the literal same week he died. And people say, look at me like Keith Green. But um, he had curly hair though. But um, I love that man. And I love his desire for the Lord. But he made this thing where he's like, I'm going to do this. And then he felt bad when he didn't. That wasn't, might not have ever been God's will for him to wake up at six every day. Maybe it was. I'm just saying that. What wall have you got in front of God? What wedge do you have in front of him that you placed there that he didn't place? What thing did you do five years ago that you really wish you'd... Man, I've made so many mistakes. Even in ministry. When I was in ministry, one time I, I, I masturbated. Yeah, I'll just tell you honestly. You're grown-ups. Can I be real? Is that okay to be real in church? Sorry. It's just, I'm just going to be honest. That was years ago. When I did that, man, I felt so ashamed. I went back to Bethel. I told Chris, so. I said, I can't believe I did this. I'm in ministry. I should never have fell into it. I don't do it now. God delivered me like that. He just delivered me. But I've never done it in years. God delivered me, completely delivered me. But it was like, <laughs> I really felt like God's left me. God's, it's going to, everything's going to be destroyed. God hates sin. But what I reckon God hates more is when people quit. When the enemy convinces them to quit. And says, don't keep looking at my face. If anyone turns to the Lord, the veil's taken away. If they turn and say, God, I'm done with that. And they, he becomes their only source. He can change anybody. <laughs> this guy used to be a Christian porn addict. I'm now in stadiums and seeing thousands of people say it's going to be very hilarious. But I always thank God. I'm like, God, I thank you that you chose me and you didn't leave when I was about to leave. You didn't leave when I wanted to leave because I didn't want to be around your presence. Thank you for putting Frank next to me who kept going, but, but you must want God. 
kept telling me what I must want when I thought I was disgusting. The river is crystal clear. It just goes whoosh. It doesn't mince with sin. It exposes it, but it doesn't. It exposes it to free you. It's crystal clear. When you don't understand your identity, it lifts your head. The Lord, the lifter of my head. I'm not preaching. It's okay to sin. I'm just telling you. I think sometimes. I think sometimes we're trying to convince God to stay when he's actually trying to convince us to stay with him. God loves us. Frank, he told the wife, he goes, I need to pray for that man. Can I please pray for your husband? She kicked him square in the nuts. I'm not even kidding. She kicked him in that place. She went, bang. And he fell to the ground like this on his knees. She kicked him there. I'm just telling you the actual how it happened. I'm sorry, I'll make it more. She kicked him in a place she shouldn't have. Okay. <laughs> no place is right to be kicked. All right. He fell on the ground and he's screaming, oh, like this. He's like, oh. And she's like, ah. And she's screaming, crying. It's agony. The Holy Spirit tells him, get up again. Go back to the van. Tell them you want to pray for him. So he goes back to the van. He's like, oh. He walks back. <laughs> he's, he's in his late 60s. You know? Like, it's not good. But you can understand when if your husband's dead, if your husband's literally, his head was open, dead. The thing was boop, gone. Ten minutes, seven minutes, gone. You can understand her like, Frank looked past that. He goes back. He says, you must let me pray. The guy says to him, he goes, he goes, get away, sir, please get away. And out of Frank's mouth came, if you don't let me pray, I'll take this to the highest authority. And he goes, in my mind, I meant Jesus. <laughs> it's so funny how he talks like that. And the guy goes, he goes, fine. And he gets away. He goes, excuse me, please, sweetheart. He goes, please just touch your husband's foot with me grabbed his feet, both feet, and he goes in the name of, and boop, 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 and the heart started beeping again, and the man came back to life, in dead for seven minutes, that man was raised from the dead right there, and that was in the streets of Melbourne in a normal city, like our city here awesome but that man he carries so much authority in God, so much power, so much fire, like boldness, you know, but he's not trying to. I can't explain it to you. I've met a few people like this. Reinhard Bonnke's the same. When I talk to him about souls, he's not trying to make sure he loves souls. It's possessed him. The goodness of God can possess us. The love of God can have you. You can be wrapped up. We, we have many, many amazing statements like God will put you on like a glove. Those are from the Word. But we have a, a lot of statements like God will wrap you up like a blanket. And we, we love them because they're wonderful pictures and, and word analogies of how the Lord wants to be with us. But the truth is, th- those analogies aren't actually meant to just be words. These are meant to be our realities, not analogies. The peace of God is a reality. Do you have it in your heart? To be honest with you, I don't always, honestly. I don't. But I don't leave. And so it gets deeper and deeper. It gets deeper and deeper because I'm not leaving. And if you stay there, 
the fruits of the Spirit will abound to you. But if you leave, if you disqualify yourself, and if you try harder again to step back up the ladder you think you fell from, you didn't get up a ladder. You're in the hands of God. There is no ladder. You're in the arms of God. And you're walking, looking at Him. He's looking at you. And if you stray, His arm pulls you. And if you stray even further, then He goes after the one who goes from the 99th flock. That's what Jesus said. If, you go, if He's there and you're like this and He's looking at you, come. And, then he, and you keep turning and you turn and you turn away. What does He say He'll do? I'll, go, I'll leave the 99. He goes after the one. That's our Jesus. You don't deserve that. No, you do not. I don't deserve that. No, I do not. We do not deserve that. But that's who He really is. I'm sorry, but it's not as hard as you think it is. I'm sorry to tell you that. It's, it's very much more narrow than we think, but it's not as hard as we think. Because the way we do things is hard, is hard. But the way God does things is hard, is surrender, but it's not hard. You know? When, when I did that fast, man, I was on day 38 and Jesus came into my bedroom, literally came into my bedroom. I did not see him. But I knew he was standing in front of me like this because when he walked like that, I felt fire go from, I was on the ground. Maybe you saw how in the conference, sometimes I go on the ground. And honestly, there's two reasons for that because I have this year, it feels better for my stomach on the ground than kneeling. Like I feel I've put, honestly, I've put a bit of weight on. Sometimes kneeling can hurt my legs. So I'll just go on the ground on my stomach. It's honestly better. Sorry. Anyway, that's, help me, Holy Spirit. Help me to stay in the spirit. Oh, gee. Oh, God, did you leave then? See? So I'm on the ground. <laughs> Sorry, Mike. Michael's looking at the live streams like, what are they commenting? Uh-oh. I'm just kidding. Uh, hey, hi. Uh, hi. Hi to all you at home. Um, actually, there's an overflow as well. I hope they're laughing in the overflow. Praise God. Um, I hope you feel the... I hope you know the love of Jesus. So... Sometimes you get on my face, and I was on my face, and I've been fasting for a, a long time, and and uh, and it was amazing because my Lord, the Lord was purifying my soul, and the purifying from the way I thought about myself particularly, and He was showing me He's like condemnation isn't from me, son. That's not the way I disciple you. That's not the way because I was really crying out, I want to be your disciple, and and He said this is not the way I'll I'll disciple you. I will not disciple you into a place of shame and disqualification. You will feel you failed at times, but I'm not doing that to you. That, that's a feeling you'll have, but I'm not pushing you away. I'm asking you to draw near to me. And so um, I was on my face, and, and on day 38, I felt this fire, like as if someone grabbed a, a mobile heater and put it on top of my head like that. And I was like that, and I started to tremble. I'm like, and I felt this fire go all through my whole body, and it got hotter and hotter and hotter. And then I heard the voice of the Lord. And I knew Jesus is standing right in front of me. And so I started crying and I started saying, God, I said, break my spirit. Break me, God. I started crying out to the Lord really intensely. And it was very hard to deal with that fire. It was so, so hot. And, um, and then I saw this big slab of bronze. Uh, you know, have you ever seen a train track bridge? You know, those ones that rusted brown metal and it's, it's thick like that. I saw this thick thing like that. And then I saw, it's like I saw it right in front of me. And I saw fire go into the middle of it. And then I heard, and up, up until that day, I'd never heard metal bend. I'd never heard that actually happen. But and I knew it can happen, but I never heard it. 
I heard it. And when you hear metal bend, it's a very strange sound because it's not normal. It's not what's, it's just, it was like, like it sounded like a, it's so difficult to explain. It was just sounded so weird. And so anyway, I heard it like, and it sounded like this incredible power, but this weird, like almost like an aching sound come out of the metal. And I saw it bending and this thing was thick. I mean, like that thick. And then a huge bronze, brown, rusted piece of metal. And it was going, like it was twisting. And I was like, and I don't know what I'm seeing and I don't know why I'm seeing it, but I was just like overwhelmed with God. And then I heard Jesus speak. And he said this to me. He said, yield to me. And when you've done that, yield again and when you've done that yield again and then the fire lifted he lifted he was still in me but his physical presence lifted and then I was I lost it man I was on the floor for a long time I got up out of there and my my life was different my literally my inward man was different and I said to God I was like and I, I couldn't stop thinking about the metal that I saw and heard I said what was that Lord what did I what, 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 what was that? And I kind of knew in my spirit, it's like, God is bending me. But I, I remembered thinking about Evan Roberts. Bend me, oh God, you know? And that's what I thought it was, but it wasn't that. I said, what was that, Lord? You know what he said to me? He said, that that you saw bending was your will. And it shocked me, man, how stubborn, thick, hardened, old like sticking to my ways and 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 often the bending that God would have me in is let me love you let go stop trying too hard enjoy the Lord you know that's part of that bending so I had to willfully be bent God wants to do that in you tonight now, your will might not be as hard as mine was, but it was joyful. And I felt different afterwards. I'm like, God, you love me. You actually love me. It wasn't a concept anymore. So, I want to pray. Because if you can get this in your spirit, that God actually wants to give you peace. people in the eyes and you won't feel like they're seeing something wrong with you you will look them in the eyes and you'll feel love for them regardless of whether in their life they feel threatened by you you won't feel threatened by them you go back away from conversations not worried about what they thought of you but rather concerned about God I hope that they're okay in their own heart God show them how much you love them because when they were, then they're comfortable, God, there's no awkwardness. God, I pray that we wouldn't have spirits that are threatening to others, each other, or competing with one another. But God, show them how much you adore them. That's what happens in you. That's what happens when the love takes you. There isn't any of that stuff anymore. And there's all that false judgment of other Christians and of yourself. The only reason you would judge people that way is because that's how you feel inside. You feel you must make yourself somehow better than because you feel like God is saying that over your life. It's not the truth. We are family and there is different levels of authority. 
but we are not against each other. We're for one another. You can't be for one another when inside your own spirit you have something against yourself. A house divided cannot stand. How can it stand if you're always thinking something's wrong with you? When you live that way, you will always feel like the awkward one, that something's wrong with your own soul, and therefore you won't be able to be yourself. You'll try to make sure people love you. You'll play the middle ground. You won't preach the truth of the Bible. You won't talk about hell. You won't talk about the need for, for, for preaching the full counsel of God. You'll just preach what's acceptable. And, and, and you, you won't get into conversations where you're working out things and trying to find truth and, and doing what Paul said is, which is to discuss things and work out the truth of the scriptures. You won't go into those places because you'll feel it'll offend someone. Except God, you're not worried about offending him. The reason why you wouldn't be worried about that is because you're trying to make sure that you're liked. The root's the same. It's not knowing you're loved by God. I've had this for years as a Christian. I used to dance around subjects and make sure everyone liked me. The reason I did is because I didn't understand God liked me. I used to be completely different in my my mannerisms and my approach to life. The reason I was is because I didn't understand God liked my way. He liked being with me. I'm not picking on that's I'm not saying that statement at all addressed to any person. I'm just saying these things in general. These are general statements. But I've lived there where I'm looking. How many likes did that? I've lived there. It's a stupid place to live. It's not real. And you can't bear much fruit because your eyes are on you. Eric, you said it the other day. It's so hard to see when my eyes are on me. Keith Green wrote that in one of his famous songs. What if you let God love you? What if you really could wake up every day and be like, wow, you actually like me. This thing that was rotten, you really did make it a new creation. I've transferred from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light, Colossians 1.13. I've really actually become a Christian. You're sitting in heaven and I'm sitting here on the earth and you're communing in my spirit and you like me and you're not worried about what I am or not doing, am not doing right now. You're actually liking me, God, and I love you back. And then he'll prompt you, could you go and talk to that woman down the supermarket, the one you see at the coffee shop every day? Of course, oh yeah, let's go. It changes everything. And then you meet someone and you look them in the eyes, even if they're threatened by you, even if you carry the fear of the Lord or the spirit of holiness, you just think in your own soul, you're like, I've, met, I've had times where I've met people and they want to be more holy. I just want to be able to look at people and have this holiness about me and stuff. It's like, dude, you should want that holiness to convict people into freedom, not so they can look at you and be afraid. What a joke. Like, what? Sorry, I don't even know why I'm saying this stuff. I'm so sorry. I don't even know why I'm saying these things, bro. I have no clue. Tonight, this is the furthest from what I opened, like what what I was going to preach. I was going to preach to you about how the need to win souls. (laughs) But maybe God's just needing to win your soul first. I don't know. I don't know. I noticed a few people got up and left, but I love you. I'm sorry. I've had pastors tell me, please do not mention the word homosexuality from the pulpit. Okay, so you asked me to cut out a page of my Bible. Why, why are you asking me to, to not mention it? Because we don't want to be... I understand. That's just one sin. Can I read the whole thing to you? It says lasciviousness, thieves, adultery. It's just one sin. But it doesn't mean that... Like when you don't know who you are, you, you're, you're in the hands. You're in the hands of every opinion. It can fashion you to whatever it needs to make you. And the same thing with the love of God. When you don't understand the love of God, the performance of trying to be a a more understanding, I understand my identity, I'm going to get my identity, that thing can fashion you away from actually loving God. It can make it all false. It can make it fake. 
It's not real. Real Christianity is summed up in this. It's very, very simple. God plus nothing equals everything. Like God in your life is enough, is everything. God plus zero equals everything. Fullness, completeness. (laughs) And you being close to Him and you knowing Him and, and being on that amazing journey of going out to coffee with God and going on a walk in the forest with the Lord, just talking to Him, I love you, God. And I feel oppressed right now, but I know you love. And then the Lord meets that oppression and washes it away. But if it's always oppression and depression and struggle and suffer, if it's always that way, is it really the Lord? It it might be a form of Christianity, but I don't believe it's the fruit of Christianity. I believe he died for the inward man inside you to be free. Do you think so? I think so. I can still feel that river, the crystal. It's crystal. It's clear as day. Yeah, amen. Do you remember when we were casting out demons the other day? Do you remember that? Ah! I'll bring you. I'll bring you. I'll bring you. I'll bring your memory back. Ah! No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> do you know? Do you know if you have a demon in your life, if you open the door, it still doesn't mean God hated you? Do you know that? Do you know if you're a Christian, you open the door? From all the sin that I did sexually in my first few years of Christianity, I had a demon in my right arm. My, that same man that raised the dead, he, I told him, I said, something's, my arm's shaking. I don't know why, when I was around him. Like, he went to pray for me, my arm's shaking. And I said, I, I said, Frank, I said, I think something's in my arm. And he didn't go, have you sinned? <laughs> I, I said, I, I think I've opened it. I, I, he didn't have to, but he wasn't like angry. He goes, oh, we'll get rid of that, mate. We'll get rid of that. And he grabbed my arm and he goes, get out, devil. And it just left straight away. I mean, it left. But do you think, do you think that in all that time that I was oppressed, that God left me? He still loved me. He still loves you. He loves the journey. Does he want maturity to be brought to fruit? Yes. Does the scripture say that Jesus toiled because of their unbelief? Yes. He does not like it. He doesn't like constant questioning of who he is in his nature. He doesn't like that. You wouldn't like it either if your kid always said, are you still my mom? Are you my mom really? My mom? You are. Okay, you are. You wouldn't like it either. You my dad, Eric? You my dad? You know, like, you wouldn't like... Eric would be like, sweetheart, I'm your dad. Okay? I love you. Okay? See you in the morning. Love you. Have a good sleep. And then if you, if, if in the morning, your precious kids came up to you and went, Eric, you're still my dad. I ate some of the, your cereal. I didn't ask you either. I forgive you, but I'm still your dad. Are you sure? <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the Lord. The Lord is exceptionally holy. The Lord is to be feared. We will get on our face before the Lord. I've had experiences with God where the fear of the Lord is a trembling thing and you feel like you're going to die. I've had the Lord literally breathe physically audibly on me in my bedroom, audibly out loud, and breath hit my face. And he said, you are my disciple now. And I remembered the scripture instantly, how he breathed in his disciples. I've had those things happen. They're terrifying. I've seen it strike lightning three times in an audible physical building like this, three times physically strike lightning. And the, the second time I asked, was that you, God? After the second time, I threw my shoes off. The third time it happened, I was on the ground on my face terrified. And I've seen those things. And the Lord is awful, like in that way. Like it's the terrors of the Lord that are amazing. The terrors of the Lord actually convince men of God. They are amazing. Those things are very real to be revered, not to be joked with, not to be mucked around with. They are real. The holiness of God is scary good. But so is the love of God. And I was always bent to the other one, to the God of fossil. You know, and I love that. I want to fast more. But, but I, I now am understanding something. That I'm not doing that to convince him. He's still in me. He's still with me. Do you remember what he said? Those who are led by the Spirit 
These are the sons of God. You can't be led by the Spirit when the Spirit's left you. If the Spirit is still in you and you're being led into a fast, then you're with the Spirit, aren't you? You're still in Christ. And then you're led into a time where you're just on, your, on the ground in your bedroom <laughs> and you laugh for three months. You don't know why. And then you're, but you're still being led by the Spirit, which means the Spirit's with you. God hasn't left. The Lord loves you. Some of you need just to be watered tonight. I don't know. I came here to preach a strong message about soul winning because we need people to preach the gospel. And, and God flipped that on me. And, uh, but he, he still wants you to preach the gospel. But I believe that some of you might have heard me say that and thought there's another thing I'm not doing. When I go to the golf club, when I go to the mall, when I go to the coffee shop, when I go to places, I mean, these guys know me. I don't try and like, I'm going to forcefully stop people. I just do because I want to. I see people hurting sometimes. I'll see someone look in someone's eye and I'll just stop them. We are at Star- I was at Starbucks. I'm sorry I was late for the panel yesterday, but the lady at Starbucks got rocked. I mean, proper rocked. Like, like her back became, like I prayed for 10 seconds. Her back was like a campfire. It was burning. She's like, there's fire all up and down my back. And then the other two people came out who worked there as well and they, they wanted prayer. It was just awesome. And the, the lady was tripping out because in the very beginning, I said to her, Jesus loves her. And you could see she went like this. She went, thanks. Like as in, that's a silly, thanks for that stupid statement. Five minutes later, she was like, she couldn't, she was walking back and forth. I can't believe this. I can't believe this. She goes, how did you do this? It's the hand of the Lord. But that for me is not a discipline. That comes now out of a choice to love people. It comes out of the compassion of the heart of God. And that comes, I have a true compassion that came from the Lord. You can have the same compassion. But what God wants to give us is the fruit of the spirit and for it to remain. I am the vine, you are the branch. Don't wedge yourself out. Don't cut yourself off. Just keep in him. I think I've said enough. I feel in my spirit I've said enough now. It used to be freezing. It's hot now. (laughs) I got a free jacket just by saying it's cold. It's awesome. I like this jacket. I should say more stuff. I I don't feel wealthy in here. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, you put it back on. Oh, he nearly gave me his watch then. He, he took it halfway off. The Lord will never do that. He'll give you the thing. The Lord will never. <laughs> He'll give it to you. But see, he's growing. It's okay. He's still a son. God loves him as a son still. But it's just a bit of maturing. I know. It's all right. You can watch the replay. <laughs> God so loved the world that he gave. Okay. Um, you know what I feel like we should do? First of all, I just want to ask if there's any, is there any person in here who does not yet know God and is just listening to all this and is like, who, that, who is that guy? He has a cool accent. Is there anyone in this room who does not know the Lord or someone invited you to come? Don't, don't be afraid. You can be like, yeah, I'm not a Christian, man. This is weird as. Um, and that's totally fine. And where you're most welcome, you're so welcome. Even if you're from another religion, whatever, you're most welcome. You're so, you belong here before you believe what we believe, man. We love to meet people. So is there anybody here who doesn't believe in God or just here because someone invited you tonight? Is there anyone in this room? Don't be afraid. Just stick your little finger up or something. Don't be. No one's going to, don't worry. We don't have some kind of room to take you to. No, we all believe in Jesus Christ. Well, isn't that, that's a good thing, but it's also, 
not going to always be that way in church. There will come a day in the church, and I prophesy this to you, you'll see it yourself. You remember what I said on this night. There'll come a day in church where you look around when people do those offerings, and sorry, those announcements, and they say, who's here for the first time? When you'll be astounded at the amount of people that put their hand up. There will come a day soon like that where you'll be astounded at the simple, would you come to my church? You know what I say to people? when I go, would you come? Should just come with me. And, and I just tell people, I'm like, dude, we went to your basketball game. Come to our church. I, don't, I make it as normal as normal can be. Like I make it just so normal. You should come check out church, man. Or, or like we talk, you should come to the stadium. Oh, no, I'm not into that stuff. Come on, bro, I went to your basketball game, man. And you didn't even win. You know, like I make it just, just make it normal. Just say you should come, come to God. Anyway. I do that because people say to me, oh, it's hard to win the loss. No, it's not. It's very, very easy to draw people to Jesus Christ because God does it. You must pray. You must ask them, but you mustn't judge people. Judging them will not bring them to the Lord. You must invite them to the Lord. You must bring them. Go and get your brother. Go get your husband even. Bring him back to the well. Sorry, I'm going off topic. That's really what I want to preach on, actually. There'll come a day where the church is, you'll see it like 30%, 40% of people will go, yeah, I'm here for the first time. Because the impurity of the world and sin, it, it will, I, I'm praying this and I pray for people in my own world that do not know God yet. I say, God, I say, show them the fruit of their sin. Let them taste it. Let them taste the emptiness of the world, man, the pursuits of this stuff. Let them taste the pursuit of trying to have a, a six-pack and get every guy on Instagram to like your, your, your pictures of your... The, the, can, please, God, show them how empty that is compared to what you... You know, I pray that a lot for people. I pray, God, show them the emptiness of the world. And there'll come a day where you'll see it with your own eyes, where it'll be 30% of the church. Like, I'm here for the first time. It'll be week after week where people begin to invite people to the Lord and they bring, him, they bring them freely. And it's not difficult because the, the stain of sin and the loving mercy, the, the kindness that comes out of your heart will draw people to the Lord. But it still comes by invitation. Jesus said, how can they hear unless someone preaches? How can they hear the gospel unless it actually gets out of the mouth of somebody into the ear of a person? How can it enter the heart? How can it draw someone close? It has to be heard. But an invitation to the Lord doesn't have to be a condemnation to the Lord. It can be an invitation first. And then sin is dealt with. It's understood when, he, when you get near him and when it's truly preached, it's understood. But, but there'll be a day when you see that. And I'm looking forward to that day very much. But I believe in that time, and I believe it will be in the next, like very soon, and we're already in that actually, that the house of God and the people of God will be very mature and it will be the most attractive thing. That people will be like, wow, these people really know who they are and they're not impressed with names. They don't care who I am. They don't care who I'm not. They don't care what I haven't done right in my life. They don't care what I have got in my life. How I'm a billionaire. They don't care. They care for me. I believe we'll see that. So I want to close, not close this whole service because I believe we're going to go back into some worship. And I mean, is that right? Are we going to just go bananas? We're going to baptize. I think we're going to, we're going to do a bunch of stuff. But I really feel first. Yeah, this is just the beginning of the night. I think we're going to probably go. We're probably going to wait till like twelve oh one to go to Chick Fil A even afterwards. Uh, yeah. Just hit 12.01, you know, once it's clocked over past Sunday. Yeah, 12.01, it's Monday by then. <clears throat> you know, people, sometimes people get so excited for Chick-fil-A. And honestly, I love Chick-fil-A. Like, I, I, I've eaten it many times. But Chick-fil-A ain't got nothing on Jesus. 
Amen? <laughs> you're like, yeah, woo. Some of you are like, some of the cheers were way louder for Chick-fil-A. Yes! <laughs> Can I say a couple few more things? Bro, I'm so sorry. I've been talking for like an hour and ten minutes. I just looked at the clock before. I'm so sorry, man. I, this, I don't ever preach like this. I usually preach the straight ABCs of the gospel because I know I can preach it. But I have to be real with my own heart. This is more the journey I've been on. This is more the journey. But this, preaching this, the dexterity of the word, it's so big. You sometimes need to know what part of the, the knife do you cut? You know, like where, where do you cut it? Because it's huge, man. The word is massive. There's so many subjects. There's so many topics. I love to teach on worship. It's one of my favorite things to teach on. But, but I can't, I, I just have to be real with you. There is something happening in God's family where, where they're not going to anymore try to be real. They will be real. Does that make sense? And they won't try to have peace. You'll possess it. it. It says, let peace you possess your souls. You know, like it's supposed to be the true thing you carry. People should sense fire around you. You know, people say that. They're like, oh, I'm just going to be so filled with fire and people are going to get saved. Well, that oh, I'm wanting to see that actually. Frank Clancy, he's so filled with love in the hospital bed. People are putting a drip in him and he touches them and they want to go to church. He still tells them, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. He's constantly talking about God. Todd's the same. He ends up in a house of the guy who's like one of the most famous people in all of Hollywood. I, I won't tell you who because he wouldn't tell me either. But, um, but, he, but he told me, but he told me, and I think he told Mike as well, that it's, it's super uber famous producers. Now I have an idea of who they are. He prayed for the son and he grabbed them all and he got them down on their knees. They're not Christians. Got them all down on the ground. And he, you know what he said? He goes, I want my toe shoes, bro. He was just himself, wore his same shoes and he just pulled him to the ground and just loved, literally loved the hell out of him, but still spoke Jesus, didn't hide it, didn't go, oh, I'm going to get influence. Oh, that sickens me when I hear that. Let me tell you why it sickens me. Because if you preach influence without bringing Jesus there and you think there's something more influential in the earth than God, that's a cop-out. And what that cop-out is this. That's a cop-out. You're trying to say this. You're trying to say, I want to be influential because it will feed my ego. And I also want to be influential because I don't want to lose any friends. <laughs> it's a cop-out. I'm tired of hearing that thing about influence. I love influence, but you need to put it next to Jesus. You will be influential because you're burning in love with God. All the people, all the people in the Old Testament and New who had influence were in love with Jesus. They were not compromised Christians. They were in love with God. Now, granted, Jesus didn't mind if some of them came to him at night. He didn't mind that. He didn't say, you shouldn't be here at night. He didn't condemn them for coming in the dark because they were worried about their position that they held. But there would have come a point of decision in their life where they stopped bowing their knee on the altar of human reasoning and started to say, I put you above every opinion. Influence is only as good as the most influential person in the universe. We have nothing. John the Baptist said, man can receive nothing unless he receives it from God. You have no power over a country unless you have God's power. You have zero. A president doesn't own a nation. God does. I'm sorry, man. I'm hitting this stuff hard. I need to go back to what the Lord said to me just to pray for people but that's an I just there's so much stuff in my heart that I'm hearing these days just swinging from ditch to ditch let's go to Jesus let's fall in love with God man let's really praise and adore the Lord
I'll tell you one last thing before I pray. One time I was in a big supermarket and the Lord said to me, would you get on your knees right now in the line of the supermarket with like eight people in the line and a second line there. It was 6 p.m. All the mothers, all the people that had just come from work, it was full. The supermarket was full of people. And the Lord said to me, would you get on your knees right now and worship me out loud? That's literally what he asked me to do. And, and, I, and my, instantly I went into an instant like sweat. My heart's like this. That. Like instant, instant, like that. Instantly, my heart. Like it was when Daniel Kalender said that thing yesterday. So, <laughs> so, <clears throat> anyway, um, I want a wife, it's true. But, but I didn't add, but wait, wait, no, don't clap for that, please. That's not a revelation. That's, that's, not, that's, not, that's not like a big thing. But, but I thought about it tonight, actually. I don't just want a wife. I want a worshiper. That's, you know why? You know why? Because that's what God wants. God wants you to be a worshiper. God wants you to worship Him in spirit and truth. He wants you to adore Him. Neither on this mountain nor on that mountain will they say, this is where we worship God. But God desires those who worship in spirit and truth. The Lord said to me, Ben, would you worship me right now in this supermarket? It is packed. It's like the same as, you know, Target, American like Target. It's like that. No, Target doesn't have groceries, does it? It's like Walmart, kind of like that. It does? Yeah. So it's like a super busy time with all the mothers and all the businessmen in their suits. Would you worship me right now? So I said... And, I, and I, yeah, I just couldn't shake it. So I said, okay. I got on my knees and that was the first thing that people started instantly. I just saw them looking because I went like this in the middle of the soup. There's a line of eight people and I'm like number eight. And there's people with trolleys going around me. This is not the right place to worship God, is it? Right? And I was like, and I'm full on sweating. And I just started seeing just simple song and, and I, I think we sang it tonight Oh the Blood of Jesus I think I sung that and uh, Oh the Blood of Jesus Oh the Blood like that and it got louder in me and louder in me and louder in me and next minute I'm hearing the, the, I'm here, it's like I was hearing my own voice and it was a very weird euphoric kind of experience because of how like when you get very nervous like that and then you start doing that it's like a very feels like everything's sort of slow and, uh, and I was hearing myself singing and then I'm just hearing you shut the F and swearing like anger. I mean, serious anger. Not like a little bit chuffed. I mean, proper, like I could feel it. And I had my eyes closed like that. And, and, it, and then other people, what's he doing? And then other people's like, I think he's praying. I could hear like eight or, you know, seven or eight different voices, things happening. And I just kept going. And I must have probably worshipped for about 30 seconds. Praise you, Father. Thank you, Father in heaven. You are worthy, God. You love every person alive. Praise your blood. Praise you, Jesus. When, let me tell you something. When you do that, it creates a ruckus. I mean, it's not, it doesn't just, people don't just go, oh, that's sweet. He's doing that. It's a ruckus, man. And I just finished and all these people are looking at me. I was thoroughly embarrassed. Thoroughly, like proper embarrassed. I didn't feel good at all. Um, and, and, I, and I had this shopping still. So I, I had to stay in the thing. And now I had like two people behind me. So I got up and I got to the ca- like the cashier and you can see the people next to me, I mean, writhing in anger, like angry, except for one guy and one lady. <laughs> and I knew that my adoration to God in that moment was, was, it was setting two people free, completely free. Like it was, it was really freeing them. 
One of them came up to me right after it. But the lady that was checking out my stuff was looking at me like she wanted, like it was serious. It reminds me that the gospel is the only true way because I've seen other people, I've seen other religions bow down even in the airport in Auckland. I saw it three months or four months ago. I saw them bow down and no one said a word. It's the, the, the light just conflicts with the darkness. And the darkness doesn't comprehend it, but those who are searching for the light do comprehend it. And I had two people touch, like really so touched. And one of them was a big security guard. He came up to me right after. If we really understand who we are, the byproduct of that understanding is you despise the shame. It's nothing to you. It's, it's down here. You're not seeking just the influence. You're seeking the adoration. You can be in a place where there's a government leader and you shake his hand and you love on him but like my friend Jean-Luc did recently with one of the leaders of a country he said can I ask you a question at the end he said is your heart right with God and my another person who was in the meeting later on corrected him sharply you shouldn't speak like that to a government leader and he said oh his soul needs saving like everybody else this only happens when you really understand that you're loved by him you stop apologizing for who you are and you stop thinking that influence and all these different things is what God created you for it's not he created you first for him and when you're his and when you live that way those bold things begin to happen so I want to pray for people that don't feel like they actually possess the fruit of God I want to pray for people I'm so thankful everyone here is saved but I want to pray for people who feel like they've just been trying really hard to just be with the Lord but you feel like you're one, one step away from punishment with God. You feel like you're living just not to be punished or you're just loving God enough not to be punished. Does that make sense? That's not the way he wants you to think of him. I want to pray for those people, but you have to be really honest. You've got to let go of the mask. And, and like these guys, like hungry. And you, you've got to get to the place where you're like, it doesn't matter even if I'm wearing my favorite dress. Like you, you can't put any dignity above freedom. You can't put any mask of like, I've been in ministry 50 years. I've written a book about identity. That means nothing. I've seen people that have written many big books and their marriage is falling apart. It doesn't mean anything. What means something is if you're still with him. And the beautiful thing is the Lord has already turned to us tonight, but would you turn your heart to him? Would you turn to the Lord? And would you let that river of crystal just begin to flow in your spirit? And even as you watching in the, the overflow room, you just let that crystal river just flow in your spirit right now but it requires you to take off the mask you might run up here and just be like wrecked and and i personally feel the same this this week when eric preached that message i was like my father i am so sorry i ran i was i think i was the first one down the front because i knew i was like when he was preaching i was like god you are preaching to my spirit people like ben's doing these stadiums that means nothing if my conscience isn't if my heart's not understanding that he's in love with me and I, I got it. I was like, God, I'm, I'm, I've sort of drifted in my spirit a little when he was preaching. I was like, I'm, I'm starting to think like, you know, my thoughts are going in a wrong way. And so I, I, I despise the shame. I, I don't want the shame. I want to be free. So tonight I, I would just encourage you to do the same because the river of life is here. And in that river, sometimes when you forgive yourself and you let go of pain and you say, I'm sorry for trying so hard, sometimes it's even connected to sickness. Sometimes it's connected to all your torment and you can't sleep properly and all that stuff, inward condemnation. Sometimes it's really connected to a lot of dumb stuff that goes on in our life simply because we won't allow the Lord close. So I'm asking that you would let go of that. So what I'll do is this. If you feel that's you while this river is flowing, 
and uh, while it's just flowing up here, if you feel that's you, it, it, it will, in like two minutes, get very messy in here. As in like, it will be, remember how the demons were coming out yesterday? It, there'll be a groaning in some of you, a real groaning, and a real genuine like, God, I'm done, man. I am absolutely done with trying to live the Christian life in my strength. If that is you, I want you to do just this. But it's got to be really deep. It's got to be really real. To get daily teaching from Michael and to follow our event schedule around the world, please follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Be sure to subscribe to the Jesus Image TV YouTube channel as well. By partnering with Jesus Image, you will help us take the saving and healing power of Jesus to the world. Your giving changes lives forever. For more information, please visit us online at JesusImage.tv or write us at Jesus Image, P.O. Box 950-640, Lake Mary, Florida, 32795. Thank you for your prayers and financial support. Jesus is the answer for every life, everywhere.